Hello, and welcome to Defining Endurance, the podcast from Lifelong Endurance. I'm Coach Lexi Miller. In today's episode, Coach Andrew Simmons and I take a deep dive into the Olympic Games. We talk about what we are most excited to watch, the athletes we are most excited to see race, and why we're excited in general. This is a serious running nerd episode. So if you're as excited as we are, this should be an awesome one to tune into. Now, as you may or may not know, I do edit and release these podcasts uh, every week. However, because I am leaving on maternity leave at some point in July to be determined when baby decides, we have been pre-recording these episodes. This episode in particular was recorded at the very beginning of July. So as you'll figure out, not all the information is still accurate. Uh, For example, one of the things we were most excited about was watching Shikari Richardson race. However, if you've been following the news, you know that she is no longer competing on Team USA. Of course, we could do a whole nother episode on performance enhancing substances, discussing what is a performance enhancing substance. There's a whole political thing there, but we'll save that for another day. For now, we just want to hear what you're most excited about. Please go to our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or send us an email about what Olympic event or race or athlete you're most excited to watch, and we will discuss. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to Defining Endurance, a podcast focused on providing actionable insights for endurance athletes. Whether you're an athlete just getting started in endurance sports or a veteran looking to gain an edge, the Defining Endurance podcast is here to ask curious questions with athletes and fitness professionals. And most importantly, dive deep on current training topics so you can become the best version of yourself. Let us wait no longer. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Defining Endurance, the podcast from Lifelong Endurance. Today, Andrew Simmons and I, Lexi Miller, are going to be chatting about the Olympics, which are starting in just two days. Andrew, how's it going? It's really, really good. I'm uh, I'm actually out, out in Eugene where the trials just left us, so it's uh, still got a little bit of that fun magic in the air, I think. They, they always talk about Hayward magic, and I think... Uh, you know, doing a little recap of the trials, uh, we got to we got to see a little bit of that Hayward magic for sure. That's awesome. Is the energy still pretty high there from the trials? Yeah, you know, when I got here on uh, on Tuesday, you know, for for those for those that haven't guessed yet, of course, we are recording this, uh, you know, in uh, late late June, early July here. Um, I arrived on Tuesday, and they were still kind of tearing everything down, and all of the like uh, trials, like banners and everything was you know they were all still up and even as we were leaving um we caught up with one of the uh bronze medalists in the trials for high jump uh he was unloading as we were waiting for our uber so it was actually pretty cool got to see one of the medals um so that's been a really really cool thing to see uh kind of play out and kind of kind of be here it is track town usa it is uh it's certainly a town that loves its track and field That is so exciting. Um, And when some of our youth are doing pretty well out there right now as well, aren't they? Yeah. um, Let's see. Benji Anderson uh, did the middle school mile. He ran 435, finished in fourth. Um, 
And then as of today, uh, Rosie finished eighth. She ran a PR of 512 uh, for the girls' uh, middle school mile. Um, arriving today, we've got Bryce Reberg. He's going to race the men's um, championship mile on Saturday. Uh, arriving tomorrow are Graham Tui Gatus and uh, Clifton Thompson. Clifton's going to race the 800. Graham will race the five thousand meters on the track so it's going to be a really exciting saturday for us um you know as a team but as a whole in the last two weeks um we've had a number of state finalists like this this meet in particular which is the nike outdoor nationals um is one week after the colorado state meet so they're primed and ready to go so might as well use that fitness for some good and see if we can't close out the season with some really exciting stuff it is effectively kind of the uh, yearly, uh, you know, track Olympics in a way for some of these kids, it probably feels like it. And I can tell you the energy uh, is definitely there in Hayward Field. If you guys haven't checked out or haven't even seen the trials, Hayward Field is an amazing facility. Um, it's a $720 million endowment from Phil and Peggy Knight. Um, so it, it definitely shows it's, it's, a, it's a feat of engineering, but also of architecture. It's absolutely gorgeous. So that's so exciting. It definitely kind of gets us ready for what we're going to talk about today, which is the Olympics. Um, what we decided to do is to go back and forth with what we're most excited about, the athletes are most excited to see, um, the races we're most excited to watch, and kind of talk about why we have so much stoke going for those events. Uh, so Andrew, do you want to start us out? Man, there's so many, so many good stories. Um, I think one of that I have I have followed distinctly is actually um, one of a hurdler, um, and I'm going to start kind of maybe with one that might feel a little more obscure. Um, but uh, if you guys know anything uh, about me, I am I'm a, I'm a distance coach through and through. I love coaching, uh, you know, 400 all the way up to the two mile and cross country. So for me to kind of start things off with hurdles might feel a little bit weird, but there is absolutely something for me in the personality of Anna Cockrell. She's out of USC. Um, she did phenomenally well uh, prior to the trials uh, at NCAAs, which was also at Hayward Field. A lot of these, you know, collegiate athletes did the double of, you know, going to NCAAs to the finals. And then, you know, turned it around, uh, you know, for some of them less than two weeks later uh, to go to the trials. And Anna Cockrell has been one for me who just has the pizzazz, the personality. But watching her post-race interview in the trials, like, literally doesn't have words, like, is completely overcome by it. And you can just see both her excitement and her youth, like, all coming out at once. So uh, she's in the 400-meter hurdles. I'm really excited to see her just because... She kind of looks to me like someone that we're going to see, you know, year after year after year. Um, and, you know, to say that, you know, a school like USC, um, you know, they have been able to put up some amazing athletes. And uh, this isn't the first time on my list of like top four or five performances I'm really excited to watch. Um, this won't be the only person from USC that I'm really excited to watch. So that's probably the first race that I'm uh, I'm excited for. Maybe we'll call that number four, number five. So for me, I kind of broke it down into uh, categories rather than races and I, a few athletes I'm excited about for each category. Um, one of my favorite things about the Olympics is watching people who are competing for their first time. So I have my first timers category. Starting out, 
so typically I'm not, I don't follow a ton of sprinting events, but I mean, at the same time, how can you not? So starting out is Shikari Richardson, who won the 100 from LSU. She's 21 years old and just like so much energy, so much enthusiasm, really just kind of, you know, she runs for Nike and is just a, a super powerhouse. Uh, second is Corey McGee of the 1500. Corey has been, I think she's 29 years old, so she's not new to the sport at all, but this is her first Olympic Games. Super excited to see what she's going to do. Super excited for her. She runs here in Boulder, but I think she's kind of been all over different teams in the U.S. I know she was running for New Balance up in Massachusetts for a while. Uh, she's from Virginia, now uh, training here in Colorado. And then finally, Emily Session, who tried out for or tried for the uh, marathon and was a favorite there. She didn't make the team, came back and and made it in the 10,000. So, you know, that she's going to be able to to race in the Olympics that she like truly did not give up. She was like, fine, if I can't make it in my my main event, we're, we're going for another one here. So those are the first timers I'm really excited to watch. I think my my next race I'm most excited about is also a first timer. I'm really looking forward to uh, Noah Lyles' race. Um, you know, it was really exciting to watch both him and his brother Josephus um, in the final. Unfortunately, Josephus, I think he either got ended up fourth or fifth, just outside the top three spots there. So a little bit of a heartbreak, but still, you know, to watch Noah Lyles, it's uh, he's a guy I've been following since the prior trials. He just has this great, again, personality for me on the track, especially in these, you know, shorter events um, and, and even up into the distance events is, uh, you know, just just what I love. I love seeing people that come to the stage and it's not just mean mugging everybody in the crowd, like show some pizzazz, you know, for him, he loves anime um, and he just like, you know, for him, it's like all about becoming that. And he's not the only one, uh, that loves anime again, in my top list, there's a lot of things that tend to kind of fall in there. I am not an anime fan at all. It just seems to be, uh, across that, uh, you know, that mentality of kind of powering up and being a character is so cool. And, uh, that's why I'm, I'm excited for Noah Lyle's race because, um, it was a close, close finish for him. Um, but it, it's, it's going to be really cool, uh, to, to watch him, watch him, uh, race. So that's, that's my number four, I would say, uh, race that I'm, I'm most excited for. And again, in your line, my first timer. Yeah. I think again, it's just something about watching someone in their first Olympics and you can't like, I can't even fathom like how amazing and exciting of an experience that is, especially because you never know if you're going to make it again. Um, of course, there's athletes, uh, one of which I'll talk about in a minute, who've been making the team, you know, four or five years or four or five uh, Olympic series. Um, but then there's others that they'll, it's one and done. So I think the first timers are so fun to watch. My next category is team leaders. So first, super excited to watch Emma Colburn. She's one that, again, kind of a Colorado local where she is, is really a team leader. She has people training up. Uh, where she lives in Crested Butte all the time. She really inspires the people around her. And then next, not a runner, but just another person that I think really exemplifies kind of that team leadership is Simone Biles. I think just like mm -hmm. watching her and her strength, uh, USA Gymnastics has kind of had not the greatest rap lately and that she's been able to speak out and then really be a team leader through all that. 
Well, also just like doing insane things that as a runner, I'm just like, I can't even touch my toes. Like watching someone tumble across <laughs> the floor is, is insane to me. Yeah. No kidding. Um, yeah, I, I would, you know, to talk briefly about that, that steeplechase final, um, there was one athlete I really wanted to see go. And by no means do I think we have the wrong team. Um, but Leah Fallon, you know, she took a fall 800 to go in that final. And it was such a, a heartbreak because she had been in third and there was a gap. And like, you watch that happen and you watched the emotion. And like, for me, this is what, what brings me to like, want to watch every single part of both the track and field, but also just the Olympic and the spirit behind the Olympics is that there is this, you know, you have these huge stories of comeback and, you know, success that, that come with the Olympics. And I think that's again, why we all watch, but you know, there's also that part of us that like watch for like, there may be a fall. There may be some of these, you know, inherent, like, um, you know, there's, it's dramatic, you know, it's always dramatic. Um, and it's not like we're watching for a car crash by any means, but you know, you're watching for the thrill of it because these things can change and they can change so quickly. Um, you know, and that's, that for me was, uh, one of the things that I, I have found myself is that there have been so many of these stories, especially, um, you know, recently, uh, when it, when it comes to, uh, the trials and then heading into the Olympics that, you know, who we thought was going to be there, um, you know, didn't always end up, up making even the final. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm super excited The the Olympics are, are one of my favorite things and, uh, you know. COVID was a disaster, but if it brought us one thing, it means that the Olympics are now three years away instead of four. No, absolutely. So what is your next event that you're excited for? You know, this will, this will probably surprise people because I originally kind of had my, my top five as all running events. Um, but I am really actually excited, um, for, for Joe Kovacs. I'm, I'm, I, I'll say this. I don't know all that much about shot put, but I love this guy. Uh, Joe Kovacs uh, set set the record actually at Hayward Field. Um, I believe it was uh, a new national record, if not American record. And please correct me if I'm wrong, community. Um, but it's just again, you know, he uh, he has a really great story. I, I, I followed him on Instagram a couple months ago, um, and he actually picked up the sponsor of Duluth Trading Company um, after telling uh, a, a bunch of people on his Instagram about how he couldn't find pants that fit his legs because shot putters aren't distance runners. They've got, you know, they got some, they got some bigger legs. They might lift a few more weights than we do, even though we do allow and accept people that lift weights and running and actually we encourage it. Um, but he's definitely at a different level. I think he could probably uh, easily squat me uh, one or two times. Um, but you know, for, for Joe Kovacs, the shot put, um, uh, that's going to be uh, a really, really cool. Um, you know, for me is watching Joe Kovacs, Ryan Krauser as well, um, in that. So that's, that's one I, I I'm really excited to see. Before I jump back into, into running, I'll kind of go off of that. Um, you know, I think it is so cool to, when you watch the field events and just how incredibly strong these athletes are, it's it's really amazing. Um, similarly, of course, the Olympics are an amazing time to to see the world of running. But one of the things I'm most excited about are the are the new sports that we're introducing this year into the Olympics. So we have the karate, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing. 
to be honest, the, the only one I'm really excited about is the sport climbing. Um, a lot of the athletes train here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, they go to the same gym I do. So it's been kind of cool to like see them around the past year as they've been like maintaining uh, and getting ready to compete. So while it's not running, um, I think it's such a great time to watch other sports, get excited for other sports. There's always like something obscure, like suddenly I'll get really into like men's soccer and then that's all I'm watching just because you like kind of start following a team. So uh, the new sports I'm excited about and then just kind of the, you know, to see where the, you know, what underdog is going to jump out. Absolutely. And I will correct myself. Uh, I said Joe Kovacs earlier. I meant Ryan Krauser. Um, and and as I, as I was like, oh, I think I said the wrong thing. I went and looked back. Um, and, and this is what blows me away about the shot put is he threw a 16 pound ball. Like think about that. That's two gallons of milk in a, in a, in a ball. And he threw it 76 feet, eight and a quarter inches. That's mind boggling to me, uh, that someone is, is that strong and able to, to do that. That's, that's lights out for me. Um, but I think getting back to kind of performances I'm excited about, I think, uh, you alluded to earlier about people that have made not just one team, but multiple teams. I think we'll both agree that, um, you know, Allison Felix is definitely one that we, we can't go without saying. Um, and, and I think, you know, she has gotten a, a, a ton of attention uh, when it comes to, um, you know, her making this team. You know, there was you couldn't watch anything related to track and field or the trials and not see a commercial or see anything about the coverage. And, you know, I got to say it, it is well-deserved, you know, making, you know, she made her first team, I think at the age of 16. And to, so to see her, you know, still compete and, and watching that race, watching her ability to accelerate in the final, you know, 30, 40 meters of a race is absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, that's, that's what you'll, you'll love to see. Um, I, I think for me, I'm also really excited with what she's doing outside of the sport. Um, and she has found a really cool way, um, to, you know, use this as a, as a sounding board. Um, but I will let you share a little bit about, uh, you know, Alice and Felix from your point of view. Yep. That was my next one too, is I have, uh, the running moms. Um, so Alice and Felix, uh, Quinara Hayes and Alephine Taliamuk. Um, so yeah, Allison Felix, who we were just talking about, like, she is just a, a insane, like, I can't even fathom going, I think it was yeah 16 or 18, she qualified for her first games, and now she's 35. Um, somebody can do the math faster than I can. Um, and just that she has just been consistent and strong for that long. She, she's been an advocate for women's health. She's been an advocate for um, being a mother in the sport. And then Quinara Hayes, who was just ahead of her, also a mom a, with a child of a similar age, um, that both of them were able to return to training, which I think, you know, even 10 years ago would have been just kind of scoffed at. And then on the marathon side, we have Alephine, who just had a baby in January. Um, so she'll be about six months postpartum. Um, and she, you know, you could argue, should she have given up her spot? Should she have, um, should she be racing in the Olympics? And I think absolutely. Um, I think it, you know, it really shows that you can, you can bounce back and be strong. Um, but I think also, again, like 
years ago, this just wouldn't have been heard of. So it's pretty cool to see that there's, there's three phenomenal women who are coming in, not to mention in the other sports, um, but purely in running. No kidding, Lexi. I'm, I'm really excited. And I know that just before this, um, we had an episode with Ben Rosario and uh, off the record, you know, I had a chance to kind of talk to him. Um, and you guys will hear a little bit about Alephine in that episode. If you haven't yet, go check it out. Um, just kind of talking about, you know, her coming back from, uh, you know, b- bouncing back and starting motherhood and going through uh, the process of rebuilding fitness. Um, and, and absolutely, you know, she's, she's going to be ready. He's really excited with where her fitness is building and, you know, what she's been able to accomplish. I mean, she's back there, um, you know, with, with all the ladies, um, and they're, they're doing great in building up. Um, one story that I think, you know, they didn't unfortunately make the trials, but made the attempt to at least was Sarah Vaughn. Um, and they actually have a small team, um, of, of athletes called and mother, um, and, and I think it's great because, you know, that, that whole idea of and mother, it's just like, they do all of these things. They're a track athlete and mother. And I think that, you know, she, she has built this, um, program with a bunch of other, uh, you know, runners and athletes that are moms and are trying to kind of bring to light that you can be a professional track and field athlete and a mother. And I, and I think bringing that forward is, is super important. You know, this is something that I personally, like, I, I can understand from the outside, but I will never understand as a guy, as a male, right. As, as a, as a husband, um, you know, this is just something that I will never experience. Um, but, you know, understand that I, you know, need to be able to kind of say, you know, there's a series of things here that I don't understand. And I think that that visibility, um, is, is really coming out. And I think again, kind of going back to, you know, Alice and Felix and trying to kind of bring, you know, something new to this sport. Um, you know, one of these really interesting kind of, um, I guess optics is, you know, we've, we haven't really touched on shoes on this podcast at all, but it has definitely been something that has changed and likely changed who's making the Olympic team. There has been a lot of drama around Nike and shoe sponsors, uh, around the idea that, um, some companies do not have a carbon plated shoe. Um, and one of the big rules there is that the shoe has to be publicly available, uh, for athletes to use it. And so even if you're, you know, um, a, a Hoka or whoever, you know, you have to make a spike that people can actually buy and it can't just be a prototype. That was a huge ruling in the last two years, um, leading into this Olympics, but there is one dominant force and that dominant force is Nike. Um, but in speaking to Alice and Felix, she had started her own brand and this is actually really interesting. And again, nerd out moment here. Uh, she started her own shoe company. Um, and she was a former Nike athlete. So talk about like she left Nike, she started her own company and it's called Sage, S-A-Y-S-H. Now here's where it gets a little crazy. A pair of spikes from Sage, it's not $250. You add another zero. They're $2,500 shoes. So yes, they are publicly available, uh, but they are going to cost you a used Honda Civic, uh, you know, to put those on your feet. But at the same time, it's kind of a, a way to say, hey, we can do this too. We can make something that's really creative. And I, the army of one, 
can make this happen. These are publicly available and these are for me. Um, so I, I think that's such a really cool thing because it's uh, as much as I love Nike and, you know, things like that, like I also love to see this story of, you know, we can do it another way. We, we can we can find a way to make this happen and, and not go, woe is me. Uh, my sponsor doesn't have the shoe. I'm not going to be able to be fast. If there's a will, there's a way. And if there isn't a better description of uh, the Olympics, uh, then I don't know what is. Uh, so definitely for me, my third kind of most exciting moment and story is definitely going to be Alice and Felix. No, absolutely. Um, so we went through mine. So if you have more, I, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that uh, without a doubt, you know, watching um, the men's, the men's mile, um, gosh, it might be my, my one, two punch is, uh, you know, the whole Matthew Centrowitz, Cole Hawker back and forth. Um, you know, that's, that's probably my, my, my number one, two range. They're probably tied for first and second. Um, you know, would, would be that story is just watching the former, you know, Olympic gold medalist, uh, Matthew Centrowitz and the freshman out of the university of Oregon, who actually I saw out running the other day, which is super cool. Kind of a nerd moment. You see somebody and you fanboy for a second and you like, I'm in my car. How weird is it if I yell out of the car at the runner? And it's very weird. I tried, I, I did, I tried not to but our car couldn't help but roll down the windows and, and yell. Luckily for him, he was wearing earbuds, so uh, we, we all saved face <laughs> in that moment. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it was so cool to watch and to see this team of three. Unfortunately, one of my uh, incoming favorites did not make the final. That was Craig Angles. If you guys haven't had a chance to look up the look of Craig Angles, it's a little bit of mustache and a whole lot of mullet. And it's a lot of swagger and it's, it's really, really fun to watch this guy because he's about bringing fun into the sport and he's about kind of building it up to be something, um, that's that, that younger athletes can get around. Uh, you know, he's not the, you know, most active person possible, um, on social media per se, but, um, you know, seeing, seeing him miss, uh, and narrowly get fourth. Um, and for a second there, they were like, well, you know, Hawker is not a lock because Hawker actually didn't have, and currently doesn't have the trials standard. And so, uh, Cole Hawker is one of a handful of athletes and maybe the first track and field athlete, um, that makes the team without ever hitting the standard. Um, he actually qualified based on points. There's a point system when it comes to, um, you know, athletics and track and field and it's a, like a ranking system and I won't get into the the whole uh kit and caboodle about it but basically like what what it meant is that he didn't hit the the standard but him scoring enough points and beating Matt Centrowitz in the final um you know gave him enough points to move him ahead of Craig Craig Angles who did have the uh standard uh so the team of Matt Centrowitz Cole Hawker and Yared Nagus out of Notre Dame. Uh, that 1500 meter men's team is the former world champion. And then the one, two NCAA finalists uh, with Hawker out of Oregon 
um, and Nagus out of Notre Dame. Um, it's it's going to be a really exciting race in Tokyo because you have some amazing final kick speed um, out of both Nagus and Hawker. Um, if you guys are looking for two very exciting races, I would recommend nothing more than going and watching Nagus versus Hawker in the NCAA mile final and then going and if you want to see a really really cool race uh the prelim and watching craig angles get his finish in the prelim and watching that final 100 meters where craig like literally makes room out of nowhere and then of course the final um you know really kind of shutting down um any of the haters and uh that was that was a really cool one but um you know i'm i'm tied but oh go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to say, looking at, at the times of that, that men's 1500, and it is, it is sad seeing that, that Craig was so far ahead in the, the original prelims. And then it just looked like that, that final, he, he didn't have it in him. Yeah. You know, um, whether you want to call that positioning or just not having, you know, the, the, the chops as it were, um, you know, who knows, who knows what, um, what it what it really was, um, but it, I want I, w- I would love to see him there, but uh, we're we're just gonna have to wait another three years to to see it happen, and I think he's got the the fitness and the ability to do it. Um, and and as I said, I'm I'm tied for my my one spot because um, you know there's you've got some amazing other athletes, and if nothing else, you know you've got some um, pretty amazing feats like Michael Norman. Um, he was really, really cool to follow. Uh, I recommend following him on, on the Instagrams if you're a fan. Um, you know, his whole story has been around the idea of patience. And literally his Instagram profile description is the word patience over and over and over again. Um, I'm super excited, uh, you know, to, to follow um, and kind of see what the, uh, the freshman out of Texas A&M, a thing mo, um, just absolutely, you know, went from 201, which is a collegiate record to running 156 in a blow away final. Um, she was untouchable in the last hundred meters there. Um, you know, those are some amazing ones, but actually the one that does it for me is, uh, the 800 meter specialist, um, you know, just out of USC is, uh, Isaiah Jewett. Um, you know, his 800 meter final there, um, he ended up finishing second, but, he had the ballsiest race in, in, in a field that uh, Donovan Brazier should have absolutely been in. Um, but, you know, I, Isaiah took off and went to the front. And if you listen to the common comments that uh, were, were, were during the commentating that happened during it, everybody's like, there's no way this movie is going to last. Um, and it, it, it it only changed up from him finishing first to finishing second in the last like 40 meters of the race. Um, it was everybody racing for second for a very long time. So super exciting race. Um, and again, he finished super well uh, at NCAA. So to see some of these athletes, you know, pull off a double and make a final, um, we're seeing such a, a great amount of new young blood come into the sport. Um, but what's crazy is to think that right now I have a couple of seniors that are coming into Eugene. Uh, for example, my athlete Clifton. Uh, and to think that in a, in a year from now, you know, that there's an athlete like a thing Mo uh, and Cole Hawker who are 19, 20 years old going off to the Olympics. It's 
bananas. It's crazy in my brain to think they've had one year of collegiate running and then to come back and, uh, you know, just show up and, and, and race with some of the best in the United States and then get ready to go race against the best in the world. It's really, really exciting. It's, and I think it's just like, you forget how young that is, like how young these, these athletes are. Um, they're in college. I, I think it was Isaiah Jewett. Um, I just pulled up the article, but he, uh, had to go back, like go back early from the trials after qualifying to finish writing a 10 page paper that he had due in class the next day. Um, which it's just, you know, when you think about where, where we were at that point in our lives, it, the dedication that it takes to train for the Olympics, like I can't even fathom. Um, and then the, these kids are going to like these amazing schools. Um, like how we talked about Shakari Richardson, she's going to LSU, uh, both uh, Michael Norman and Isaiah Jewett are going to USC, which are really in, like, which is a really difficult school. Um, it's just impressive. Yeah, no, and like, you you can still see it because you look at Isaiah Jewett and you 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 open up his profile and like, it's track and field posts and then like, Naruto, like anime, <laughs> and like it's it's all anime and then it's like oh here's a, here's a post about me running. And, you know, like, like Noah Lyles, like I said, like they, they almost kind of take on these larger than life characters. Um, and, and I think that's what has really made me love the sport of track and field as much as I, I love trail running and I love marathoning. Um, you don't see the same level of like comic book level characters that come out and track, like you, you can see it because like marathoning and trail running, like there are people that have a very specific set of talents. They can hold the pace for a long time, or there may be a, a good climber in, in these races, but you don't see people that have different superpowers or have make these brazen moves like Isaiah Jewett. Like that's a total so, superhero move to go out and go right off the front. Like it, it takes confidence and courage and you get to see like all these character traits come out. And that's what I think makes it so cool for me. Um, and that's just track and field. If we're talking about the Olympics as a whole, like you said, Simone Biles, like, again, you, I can't touch my toes either. If I try to do like half of her routine, I, I, I would have to be in the hospital. Like, I'm just not, not built for that. Yeah, no. And I think that's, what's incredible about the Olympics is you just see a whole different kind of human being. Um, no matter what sport you watch, it's this person who has dedicated their whole life to this this feat, uh, whatever their sport may be. And I think that's, it's amazing. No doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm so excited for, uh, you know, what, what's coming up here shortly. And, uh, you know, normally I'm not someone that endorses being absolutely glued to their TV, uh, and their couch. Um, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to catch me on the couch watching the excitement and I'll probably watch the races live and then absolutely watch all the races in recap at least twice. And we didn't even talk swimming. Oh my gosh. Swimming is so, so fun to watch. Um, again, one of those things that blows my mind considering I just kind of like tread water awkwardly for, you know, 20 minutes and that's a good workout for me. And then you see how these people fly through the water. Um, but we're excited to hear what everyone else thinks about the Olympics, what they're excited for. So, uh, come to our Instagram page, lifelong endurance athletes and coaches, um, or lifelong endurance and comment what you're most excited about.
Absolutely. Um, you know, let's let's make this a conversation. I want to kind of get everybody else's top five uh, athletes or races they're most looking forward to watching. Um, you know, and, and I, I have to say it like I'm just excited that we get to have the Olympics, uh, that we get to kind of you know have athletes get the, this opportunity because um, I'm in that same position right now. Like I'm literally sitting uh, in Eugene, Oregon right now with athletes that have been thinking about this moment and getting to a national level event for the first time since 2019. Um, and, you know, for a lot of these kids, it's been a, it's been a two year journey, um, to, to make this happen. And it's like fitness was built and fitness was taken away because I, I'll share a brief, very short story in that, um, one of the athletes that I'm here with, uh, Benji Anderson, um, he was supposed to make his first nationals at New Balance National Indoor, like literally about to get on a flight, uh, March 13th of 2020. Uh, and we got about 12 hours notice that uh, the armory in New York City was completely shut down because of the pandemic. This was like one of the first big impacts that I personally felt as part of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, to, to watch him stay on his grind and just work so hard, like Benji and Clifton and Bryce and like all the other kids that I work with, uh, you know, whether they're at the top of our program or the middle or the, you know, the, encompassing any of the new athletes that are just coming in to our program, like they've all had to go through a tough season, uh, you know, a, a partial cross country season where they had to social distance to a track season that, you know, was moved to only six weeks long. And I think back to like, this is just a small portion of like, imagine if this was your job and your job got put on hold and it's your fitness, it's your youth, it's all of these things that are a potential. And you may have been the fittest of your life 12 months ago. And now that whole thing has shifted and you have to stay focused and excited and motivated for another 365 days. That's what makes this Olympics really special is that I think we are all have this pent up emotion and are looking for this release and a return of sport and everything. So for me as, as a, as a coach and an athlete, uh, this means a whole lot, not both, both being here in Eugene right now and still feeling that energy of the trials, but also what this Olympic means as we move forward as a country and as a people as a whole. So I, I don't think I could end on anything better than that. No, it's a, it's an exciting time. Um, like I said, comment your favorite, uh, you know, either post, tell us what you enjoyed watching the most or leading up, tell us what you're most excited for. And we'll talk to you next yeah, week. Talk to you next week, guys. And then I think you end the record. Yeah, I'll end it. And you can take my story out. I realized I rambled. That's good. I liked it. Sweet. Um, we kept, we kept under 40 minutes. So yeah. I'll hit stop. Stop. <laughs>